Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson Wentz is the go. Oh, your team sucks, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking, blasphemous. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. What's that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. Hello, everyone, and welcome into our first non-game show podcast in about what about a month and a half? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're finally back. Finally, uh, starting to see some sports picking back up. You know, we had the Bundesliga start back up this week. The MLB is preparing to come back, and uh, sounds like the NHL and NBA aren't far behind. Finally, some good news. Yep. So today we're gonna do. We we, we still don't have a ton of new news. So today we're gonna be going through uh, some of the older news, being the uh, greatest of all time. So we're calling this the Goat Cast. So we'll be going through the four major sports, you know, basketball, football, baseball, and hockey, and talking about who we think is the greatest of all time, and who's the greatest of all time now. Is there somebody playing now that could be up there? I think it's fair to say every sport has one. So without further ado, want to get started? Yeah. All right. We'll start in unfamiliar territory. We'll start with the NBA, because I think this will be the least controversial. So we'll just jump right in. Who do you think is the greatest of all time, you know, retired? Most people say Michael Jordan, I agree. And I am going to say Michael Jordan, but I do okay. think a very strong case could be made for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's a good one. I, I thought about Kareem as well. The reason why I give it to Jordan over him is because he played in 500 less games than Kareem, first of all, and put up better numbers. That's, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan is obviously like one of the most synonymous, if not the most synonymous athletes in the world, with, especially with basketball. So that's a fair pick. A name that I wish that we could put up here would be Isaiah Thomas, because with the Detroit Pistons, he gave Michael Jordan a lot of issues in the late 80s, and I think if he was able to play a full career, he might be up in this upper echelon, even though he's already a Hall of Famer, but still, he could have been like a little bit higher. Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of what-ifs on this list, too. We'll definitely go through yeah, some. Yeah, because he uh... was, like, during quarantine, I watched a few of those playoff games, like, you know, where he was playing on one foot, and he was just super fun to watch. Yeah, he's definitely a good one, too. Like you said, that Pistons team was also, like, they gave Jordan's Bulls and a, a lot of trouble, you know? Pretty good rivalry. Yeah, they were, suffice to say, they were extremely physical. They were yeah, almost that like was hockey like team school. physical. It was nuts. Yeah, old school. I'm going to break from the main a little bit. I don't think this is that big of a surprise pick, but I went with Wilt Chamberlain. Mm, I mean, they, really had, yeah. they had to change the rule book for the guy. Like, he, he was, like, the first, like, big, big star back in the heyday. And, I mean, the guy holds, like, 70-some records by himself. He's just, like, he's almost as synonymous with old-school basketball as I think Jordan is with, like, the, the more modern generation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I can definitely say that. Chamberlain's kind of, he was, like, like, before Michael Jordan came on the scene, he was pretty much, like, the consensus GOAT. And he was one that had the first season averaging triple-double, right? Yeah, I think so. And he also had the, I'm pretty sure, the first 100-point game as well. So that's why I think Walt should be up there. Yeah, and, and doing that that long ago, it's pretty impressive. Like, I'm curious what the adjusted stats would look like if you were to put uh, those kind of seasons today. Oh, for sure. Next up, we'll do the current. So it's a little bit gray area. I'd say, like, the last 20, maybe 30 years would we'll go with, like, modern. So who's your modern pick? Probably going to go with the consensus here. Probably LeBron. Really? I mean, he's not the best shooter, but, I mean, he does have a decent all-around game. 
and he's the most talented, I think. Yeah. While I don't necessarily love the pick, I feel like he's the most well-rounded of some of the better players today, like James Harden and Steph Curry are sort of one-trick ponies with their shooting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Draymond Green's the one that's absurd on defense, right? Or is that Clay Thompson? Yeah. No, well, Draymond Green's a beast underneath in that, but... Okay, that's a fair pick. I think a lot of people would say LeBron. I'm honestly not on that train. I think LeBron's a great player, but I gotta say Kobe. When you're talking about pure lethality from any range, Kobe Bryant, like, there's a reason. You know, he's... I think when you look at LeBron, the thing that kind of drags his legacy is he had to have all these super teams, whereas Kobe, although he was part of quite a few himself, he was his own super team. I mean, there's no, nobody that could stop him. That's why I go with him, honestly. Yeah, that's a good pick. Like, again, I don't have that much basketball knowledge, so I'm kind of going with the consensus ones here. Because, I mean, like, because they're a reason. They're, for the most part, the consensus. That's fair. All right, moving right along. We're going to go to the MLB. We're going to save hockey for last, because I think that might be the most contentious. So, so all time, who are you thinking? Babe Ruth. Who else? I would say you're in the minority in saying that. Well, but it's, I don't know. Like, who, who else could you put up there? Ted like, Williams. Easily Ted Williams. He's Mr. 406, or whatever, 403, whatever the hell his batting average was. He's literally, if not the best player of all time, he's the best player of his generation. He was the most consistent player back in the day. I don't even like Ted Williams that much. I've said this before, but he's that good. And that's just why I'd say him. I mean, Babe Ruth is a great player. He's probably the greatest Yankee of all time. But he had his downfalls. So for sports that have a goalie or a pitcher, or whatever, what have you, we'll also give like takes on that. So for baseball, we're also going to do this for pitchers. So who do you think is the greatest pitcher of all time uh... in that era? That's a toughie, because I don't really know that many pitchers from back in the day. I would probably have to go with Cy Young, even okay. though he, because like he holds the distinction of having the most wins and the most losses in the MLB. So it's like he has like an absurd amount of games played, but he also has a trophy named after him, so I think that has to mean for something. That is fair. Cy Young is very good. I would say, however, okay, let me... You make some good points about the trophies, right? Let me think here. Yeah, I'll go with Cy Young, too. Just because he literally has the most wins in, in history. So I'll, I'll give you Cy Young. All right, how about current day? We'll start with pitchers. Who do you think is the best current pitcher? Oh, man. <laughs> there, there's a lot, honestly. There's a there... lot. <laughs> oh, this one's tough. This one's a toughie. Honestly, sometimes I'm just a numbers guy. And then those numbers make me watch specific players. So I'm going to go off the board here. And I'm going to go with Jake DeGrom. Okay. I think uh, that's a fair one. His 2018 season was nuts. Like, he had like like just above a 2 ERA and a okay. whip under 1. Like, it, like, the guy had like... It, it was nuts. Like, it, it, the guy was putting up, like, video game numbers on a really bad team. The only thing he didn't yeah. have was wins, and that was because, like, he wouldn't give up, like, he would give up, like, maybe one run the whole game. And then, in the ninth inning, his closer would blow it. That is that is fair. Yeah, Jacob DeBrom, and he, he's, he just keeps succeeding. Like, he just keeps getting better. 
as like even like last year, like he was putting up a good season. This year, he was putting up a really good one too. Like he's just yeah consistently at that like really high level. level. Yeah. Well, Degrom crossed my mind, but I'll be honest with you, I don't think he'd be on the top of my list. There are two pitchers who strike me that should be up there. That's Pedro Martinez, who literally ran that Red Sox team in the like the mid eighties and nineties, whatever the hell he played. Yeah, he's a good one. But my pick. It's going to be a homer pick, but he's the first unanimous closer of all time, Mariano Rivera. He's literally the greatest at his position, without a doubt. So it's a bit of a homer pick, and it's a bit of a niche pick, but it's not wrong going off of stats and records. So I'm going to go with Mariano Rivera for that simple reason. I mean, you, he, the guy had one pitch, and you knew it was coming, and you knew where it was going, and you still couldn't hit it. You know how hard that is to do the entire career? Ask poor Clayton Kershaw that in the uh, playoffs. Yeah, except for people knew how to hit it. What else? So we got best current player now. I think this should be pretty unanimous. If it's Who's not Mike pick? Trout, then get some help. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's very. I mean, he's just head and shoulders above everyone else. Like it's he's just, got like a thirty career WAR. It's incredible. Like it's like I don't think I've ever seen a talent gap this wide between like the best player. At his position, and well, the best player in in the whole league, I should say, versus whoever the number two is. Now I don't even know who that is. At this point, I have I couldn't even tell you. And, like, and at this point, who cares? There's <laughs> nobody better than Mike Trout. The man is an animal, and he's only getting better. And he's he's only he's in his prime. Yeah, he's still like what, like twenty seven, twenty eight. He's like, like twenty seven. Yeah. Like yeah, so. it's, he's he's a whole different animal. And to think he wasn't even a number one overall pick. He is making a lot of people look very stupid. Yep. Okay. So, obviously, I'm going with Mike Trout as well. There's literally no other player in my head. Not even a homer pick. I can be like, yeah, he's better. There's nobody better than Mike Trout right now. So, moving right along, we'll go to the NFL. If you want to do an offense and defense, I can respect that. It's up to you. I'm going to let you drive this one. Yeah, yeah, I think an offensive and a defensive one would be good. All right, so we'll start with offense. So do offense, offense, defense, defense. All right, so offense. Until Tom Brady retires, I have to go with Joe Montana. I mean, he was the first. Well, no, he was the sec. He was the second one to go four for four in Super Bowls. I mean, he was just Captain Clutch. I mean, he ruined Dan Marino's one and only Super Bowl run, and. That 49ers team was just virtually unstoppable in the 80s. You know, you make some good points. However, as often I am the contrarian, I've got to disagree with you here. I've got to go with the guy who I think is the most synonymous with most NFL fans from back in the day, and that's Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is literally the one of the best in his position of all time. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say, like, Terry Bradshaw, and I was going to scream. I okay. Side note: I hate Terry Bradshaw. That's <laughs> that's for a different day. <laughs> Jerry Rice, though. That's I just. It was a toss up between him and Lawrence Taylor, but like Jerry Rice for sure. Well, Lawrence Taylor would have been defense anyways, but you got you get the picture. How about your uh, current offense? Tom Brady. Who else? Really, I would disagree. And and if anything, just look at his touchdown to interception ratio. It's like five hundred some to like hundred seventy. I'm, I'm going to disagree like with you, but I mean, you make a good point. Tom I mean, Brady I, is... It's like, I, I hate the guy. I really do, but I respect him a lot. And it's just, 
that thing he had going on in New England was just, I mean, you, you couldn't help but just respect the amount of very high-level consistency that they've had for two decades in yes. a league that's so focused on parity and making all teams be on the same playing field to see just one team just completely go against that year in and year out. Yeah, but here's the problem. With Tom Brady, there's always going to be an asterisk because even if you don't count the like scouting scandals, because every team does, he's had way too many cheating scandals levied at him and at his feet. And I don't like think it matters. Said, I think it does. I don't think if you can make the excuse for PEDs, what he did was almost no different, especially Deflate Gate. I don't hate Tom Brady. I respect him. I think he is the greatest quarterback of all time. However, I cannot overlook what his team did and more importantly, what he did. I don't feel comfortable giving him the number one spot. Number two, absolutely. And I will rally that he is the best quarterback of all times, talent and stat-wise, but you cannot forgive everything he's done to win. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, However, I, get, I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, you can't... It, it's going to sound sucky to say this, but you can't take away his wins. Like, you can't take away no, what he's you, done. You can't. It's like you he's still done all of this. You can't take away the wins. You're not wrong. But there are patently true and 100% investigated things that prove they did cheat. So, that's, it is what it is. But I think I'm the question th- also goes to, like, how much of an effect did they actually have? Any effect is enough. If you have any advantage going in, you have an advantage. It doesn't matter. Because in a game like football, it takes one play to make or break a game. How many times have we seen Tom Brady pull out a play that wins the game on single-handedly on him? I, not all, most of those weren't because of cheating, but I'm saying you can't argue there's a negligible effect when you have an advantage. We'll have to agree to disagree on this one, I guess. For what it's worth, I'm going to toss out mine. I think Drew Brees should absolutely be up there. And if Tom Brady's asterisk to number two in my book, then Drew Brees is number one. Interesting. The dude's just insane. He's just absolutely insane. And there's no argument that he's one of the best of all time as well, you know? Maybe not the best, but one of the best. I like the pick. I'm shocked. I thought you were going to say Aaron Rodgers or something. No, I've always been on the mindset that Drew Brees has been massively underrated, and I mean, he's just so consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's literally the Dan Marino of today. Yeah, and I think those are the two best quarterbacks right now and probably of the past 20 years, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. So yeah. it's not that out there to say that. I think an argument could be made for Brett Favre, but he threw way too many picks I to my th- liking. He'd be a personal pick for me, but I just don't feel confident enough to have a gunslinger like him, you know? I yeah. think when, when you talk about greatest of all time, you've got to be the greatest at everything, and he's the greatest at throwing picks. So, moving on to defense. So, who's your defense pick? Oh, you know this is LT. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean an argument could be made one? for, like, Deacon Jones, maybe, but Lawrence Taylor was just, like, you always had to account for where he was on the field 24-7. So we're, just, we're just in agreement on that, right? Yeah. Okay. Dude, the guy had 20 and a half sacks. That's, 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 um, that's a very good season. It is. Who's your current pick? This one's a little bit tricky because there's a lot of good ones. There, there were, and I, there's going to be some. I'm going to give a homer pick. I'm telling you right now. Okay, then you go first. Everybody knows my favorite NFL player of all time, and he was a freak. When I rank off of all time, it's hard to justify because there's so much discrepancy between you know linemen and linebackers and obviously you know you got the backfield like i'm going with troy polamalu simply because of athleticism there was nobody better at being a freak athlete than him ed reed was head and shoulders no pun intended above him but 
as far as pure talent, but Troy Polamalu worked hard, and you never wanted to be in the middle of his line of sight. You know, if you saw him coming, you said a prayer. That's what it was. Okay. You can roast me for it, but okay. No, no, I I respect the pick. I mean, I'm like that with Dan Marino. I I truly believe that Dan Marino was the most talented quarterback of all time, just based on his mm-hmm. arm strength alone, and especially considering his 1984 season would have been like passing for like 6,000 yards and like 80 touchdowns today in today's league. But I digress. Yep. <laughs> That's fair. And the biggest point of contention. Which I don't see and... why it should be a point of contention, but it is. Well, I think the all-time, all-time is going to be more up for debate. The current one is pretty easy, I'd say. There's really only two choices. Yeah. Maybe three. Anyways, who's your all-time pick? Uh, my all-time pick's going to be Yaramir. Yeah, nope, mine's actually Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> and okay. I don't think it should be that contentious. I mean, he has the most points in the league history. He has more assists than anyone has points. His goal scoring, while not the best, I guess you could say, like in regards to like, his overall point total, it's still more than anyone's gotten to. Literally, not only was he head and shoulders above, the high scoring of his era, but still today, like a lot of his stuff is just untouchable. The only thing that is within reach is his goal record by Ovechkin. I, I'm going to disagree with you because I think there are two players who are better than Wayne Gretzky. Okay. I know Um, the argument with Lemieux because he had a higher points per game average, but who's the other one? Okay. Based on talent, my, my pick, I'll just give my pick Mario Lemieux. Based on talent, he was better than Gretzky. He did more with less. And he, if his career, again, going on ifs, but if his career wasn't shortened and he didn't have cancer and he didn't have a bad back, like he would have probably beaten Gretzky or came close to tying him in a harder era. Uh, he was in the dead puck era. Anyways, I picked the magnificent one. But the other one is, and this is the universally believed one for some reason, Gordy Howe, which I see the argument. He played in a time where hockey was hard. Like, he was the ultimate everything man. He put up points, he scored goals, he hit, he fought. He literally did everything, and he did. He played in four decades. He played until he was 64. Like, Gordie Howe was literally the ultimate Swiss Army knife, and he was a damn good one. Personally, I don't believe it. I think he's number two or three, but that's just me. Both are pretty solid points of contention, but I think it's... Uh... You can't really go off of, like, like my opinion, like, you can't go off of what ifs. I mean, I like the quote that Bill Parcells uses, and I think this could go for any spot where he says that being on the field or on Durability the field. Durability is a character trait. Yeah. yeah, I've heard this as garbage. It's the worst quote of all time. Not necessarily. I mean, this, you, you can't do anything if you're not playing. It's literally the worst quote of all time. Bill Parcells is a joke. That's for a different day. I agree, but. <laughs> the, listen, I understand you can't go on ifs. But I don't think we're going on ifs here. We're not talking about him not being up there. We're talking about him being the consensus number two in spite of having basically lost six years off of his career. And he had nobody... We forget that he lost a finger. Like, he literally lost a finger for, like, three months. I'm just saying, in spite of everything, there really aren't any ifs with Lemieux. The only if is, if he had played longer, how much better would he be? I think with Lemieux... You've got to take that into account. He's the ultimate what if, but with no what ifs. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. But right. Yeah, I get what you're putting down. Anyways, that's old time. I-, I knew we'd 
come to the clash of Gretzky and Lemieux. That's fair. How about new time? McDavid. You think so? Yes. You're you're patently wrong. This is the only pick where I cannot agree with you at all. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, give me your reasoning. Give me your reasoning. I want to hear your reasoning. Well, the NHL today, goalies are playing at a much higher level, in my opinion, like across the board, I should say, than in the past. And McDavid's been consistently putting up 100-point seasons. Every full season he's played. I do not disagree with you that Connor McDavid is the best player today. But that is not the question. The question is, if there's a player playing that's the best of all time, are they playing now? And I'll tell you why that's wrong. Stanley Cups do not guarantee you greatness. However, he has oh, not no. won a, he has not won a cup. He has not really made the playoffs that often. And although he is his own team, there are plenty of players in history who have willed their team to, with a lot less. Not a lot less, with less. I think when you talk about pure dominance, McDavid's only done it for for five years. Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin are the two picks that I would say are the most universal. Ovechkin is probably going to be the greatest goal scorer of all time. Even if he doesn't break Gretzky's record, he already is. I think we did we agree on that at one point. Yeah, he's on pace too. Yeah, and Crosby to me, even though it's a homer pick, signifies greatness for over a, almost two decades at this point. He has been the guy. He has been the face of the NHL. And if you ask players who like or casual fans what they associate with the NHL, they're probably going to tell you Ovechkin or Crosby. Unless they're, like, very new fans. I think, going off accolades and stats, it's got to be Crosby. Or 1A1B Ovechkin. That's my pick. But yeah, so that's our GOAT picks. Now, <laughs> we're going to do a little bit of a check-in with the draft, if we're all done with that. As you know, the initial draft is probably going to happen in June at some point. Potentially before the season restarts, if that happens. We're still all in on the front year, right? I don't okay. think that's changed. I have had a, uh, and uh, obviously it's not changed, but I have seen the light. I have decided that my number two pick needs to be changed, and I would like to issue an apology for not putting this guy there. Quentin Byfield is an absolute monster, and he should be number two. He has finally seen the light. I have used this quarantine to watch more clips of him, and there's just no player right now aside from the front yard that's better. He is six foot four. 214 pounds of pure muscle and he just has breakaway speed. Do you know how dangerous it is in the NHL to be the size of Ovechkin and have breakaway speed? That's very difficult. In the NFL we called that Megatron. Yes, that is true. (laughs) I think Quentin Byfield is going to be an absolute monster. Yeah, like I said in our previously released show, Byfield is literally... Well, he's like the all-around player. Like, he has yeah. the size, he has the speed, he has the shot, he has the puck handling. He has everything. <laughs> like, w- what else would you need? He literally is a five-tool player. Like, he's just good. It's like, the only thing I don't know is his defense. Like, how's his defense? Like, is he a good two-way it's, player? It's serviceable, yeah. It's not like, okay, he's not going to blow you away. Like, he's not a two-way player, like, by trade. But he's not bad. Like, he absolutely will have to adjust. But that's any player. There's nothing wrong with it. He can jump in the NHL and be... So what you're saying is that it's not a liability, right? No, absolutely not. No, I Good. think when you look at him, I think his greatest comparable is Blake Wheeler. Oh, okay, who, yeah. Mm-hmm. A guy who can, I think he could be better well, than Blake Wheeler. 
I think so, Dan. I think he's got the talent to be a little bit better. And Blake Wheeler's already one of the best players in the NHL. <laughs> Blake Wheeler's so, like 35, and he's putting up 90-point seasons. Yeah, really underrated. And I think that's uh, – a lot of scouts have used Evgeny Malkin as a comparable for talent and for just, like, all around. But, like, Evgeny Malkin now, not Evgeny Malkin who fell asleep in the defensive zone. Evgeny yeah, Malkin so. that still sucks at faceoffs. He's gotten better. <laughs> Listen, man, uh, going from 300 to 350 is marginally better. It is. It's marginally better. <laughs> Yeah, so that's our little draft update. I figured I'd tell you I'd seen the light because I was making the draft rankings for the website. At some point, I'm going to drop them. And I had to move Byfield up. I had him at like four, and I'm like, nope, he's got to be higher. <laughs> he's just so much better than everybody. Like, So is Stutzel at three now? Stutzel is going to be four. Okay. Based on potential draft picking, I, there's a defenseman ahead of him. Mm, okay. That's the draft update. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today? And there was some news, like not anything mind blowing. So, what is going on in Bundesliga? All right. So, in the Bundesliga, they're back. They're playing in front of empty stadiums. Yesterday, Borussia Dortmund kicked the teeth in of a team. I can't remember who they played. They literally kicked the team. It was like six nothing, five nothing. They did the I think they call it like the yellow wall or whatever with no fans, and the players aren't allowed to do group celebrations. You got to celebrate alone. Interesting. The EPL will be back June 5th, I think. So I think they're talking about doing congested scheduling, putting together, um, like, usually it's like a week in between play, maybe doing a game every two or three days just to get some of the fixtures out of the way, and that'll be it. Where does Bundesliga span? Germany. Okay. So, yeah, of the five major leagues, you have the Bundesliga in Germany, you've got the EPL in England. You've got the Eredivisie in, like, the Netherlands and Den- Den- I think just the Netherlands. You've got Serie A in Italy and Ligue 1 in France, okay? So those are the five big ones. I know a lot of our listeners aren't soccer fans, but we'll probably be referencing them a lot with the World Cup coming up. Oh, that sounds weird to say. I know. Because it feels I'm like it just happened. Up. I know. It's been... I remember just yesterday, I was listening to the Three Lions song for England in my car because oh. the USA can't freaking make it. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> So when you get your Luka Modric jersey? Oh, I have 50. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, this is probably his last one. Yeah, that's... I'm not ready. I wish these World Cup matches were more often. Yeah, I think it's the biggest spectacle. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, this is going to be my third one that I'll have watched. And I'm pretty excited. I want to say it's like my fourth. Yeah, probably four. Yeah, I remember my first one was 2012, the end that was I watched Croatia spank and then get spanked by uh, Brazil and Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brazil... That was not Brazil. fair. That was just a monster matchup. Honestly, this could be the last World Cup for, like, a lot of big players. Ronaldo's probably done after this one. Messi's probably done after this one. Even guys like Neymar are probably done. Like, we probably won't see Neymar. Sergio Ramos, we're going to see a lot of really good players be done. I mean, we're about to see Zlatan retire and like just from his normal team. So <laughs> yeah, and uh, I-, I believe Lewandowski. <laughs> Lewandowski. Yeah. Yeah, probably for Poland. Although it's tough to say because Poland has literally nobody. So <laughs> even half of Lewandowski would be better for them than nobody. Yep. Yeah, we're going to see the reign of France now. Yeah, they've got so many good players. And, and so all of them are young. Yep, and I mean, they just keep, like, 
Like, they've got goalkeepers in the pipeline, too. Like, I think you'll see an Italian resurgence because they've got some good players coming up, like Sando Tonali, Nicholas Caza, like, John Luigi Danaruma. Like, those are going to be really big names coming up the pipeline. Will we see an American resurgence? Who knows? Who's that American kid who you said is going to be ridiculous? There's, like... There's, like, three or four players we're going to have. Like, Christian Pulisic is probably our biggest one. Okay, He's the one from Art from Hershey, Pennsylvania. He's but, also um, the one that's, like, part Croatian, too, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Pulisic. Yep, he can actually represent either country. We've got, like, Weston McKenney coming up, Tyler Adams. I mean, it's nice that the women's team, which, did you see the women's team, was told that uh, their wage demands were out of place? Oh, I saw that. And it, it it was like they got like enough money from like winning the championships and stuff to offset it. Like that's that's so, so silly. So stupid. Like or whatever. Literally like at this point just put your funding into the women's team. The men's team doesn't need it. They're not good enough. They're losing to Trinidad and Tobago. Like, the men's team like the furthest they ever got was like in the 50s to get one bronze medal. And that's it. They're just that's not it. good. They're just not good. We've got a couple players, but you can't win. Like We're basically fielding an MLS team at that point. (laughs) We'll see. Other than that, that's basically all the news we have. There's not much more going on. Reminder that the uh, annual Daft Picks Draft Picks is currently postponed due to the uh, pandemic. But whenever the NHL Draft does come back, we will do an episode about it. I don't know when that'll be. Some people are saying early June. Some people are saying July. We'll see. Well, we'll wrap it there today. It doesn't have to be a real long show. We don't really have much to talk about. We'll be back next week. We've got a couple special episodes coming in like this. Hang tight. We're uh, we're doing our best. <laughs> but uh, that'll be the show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. And be sure to check out the Daft Picks website for uh, updates on the drafts that we'll be doing. Without further ado, adieu.